0: Welcome to Big Blend Radio, where we celebrate variety and how it adds spice to quality of life. Welcome to the Big Daily Blend, everybody. You know, February is Black History Month, and if we're going to talk about Black History we got to talk about the blues. And that's what we're talking about today. We're going to Mississippi. We have three special guests joining us. And the first one I want to introduce is Margot Cooper. Uh, Her new book is out now. And it is called Deep Inside the Blues, Photographs and Interviews. And that is going to be the main focus of our discussion today. It is a book that if you love the blues, this is a treasure. This is something that you don't even you don't want to rush it you want to read every word slowly, maybe have a little cognac on the side um this is i', I don't know one of the most precious books I've ever held my eyes on honestly, it is that beautiful, and uh, you know we do a lot of author and musician interviews on this show, but this is one of those. Truly special books that everyone should have. And I encourage you to go to Margot's website. It's margocooper.com. It is out through the University Press of Mississippi with the forward by William R. Ferris. And that's margocooper.com. And that's Margot, M A R G O. And all the links that I talk about on the show today will be in the show notes, whether you're listening on YouTube, Facebook, or uh, wherever, Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. But welcome, Margot. How are you? um good thank you lisa and thanks for inviting me to uh participate in your show today are you kidding me this book is insane this is like the bible of the blues of mississippi i can't i can't stand it like i can't stop like i i need like a a month off or something because this is like a lot of pages but the photos are incredible the fact that it's black and white what's it like because we're you know we're all you know getting it through pdf and digital form is it out like is it paperback or a hardcover because no, hard. I would like I want like the big book,
1: <laughs> yeah yeah no it's it's out in hardcover, and uh you know the the editor of uh University Press of Mississippi um Craig said to me, Craig Gill said, uh yes you 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 know you're gonna have a beautiful book and they truly delivered and I worked very hard uh, a number of years. Uh, um, John Suter, who lives in Chicago, we went to, um, we were at school at Art Institute of Boston, New England School of Photography together like 20 years ago. And he's been working on my documentary projects alongside of me. And we, I wanted to make this, the book and both the, in terms of the photographs and the text uh, as good as it could be. This is my way to honor the people and musicians that I've been lucky enough to spend time with, in some cases, decades. And um, as I say in the book, uh, you know, I, I believe that remembering is a duty. It's a sacred duty. And um, I took I took that responsibility seriously. And I um, have been proud to be a contributing writer and photographer for Living Blue's and I wanted uh, to make sure that more people around the world knew about um, Mississippi and the blues and the musicians who talk uh, in their own words about growing up and living in Mississippi, or in a few cases, um, uh, Willie Big Eye Smith, Calvin Fuzz Jones, and Luther Guitar Jr. Johnson, who went on to spend considerable time in uh, Chicago, and played with muddy waters and uh, mm. so
0: it's and my then, honor. <laughs> and, well, you also crossed over to Arkansas too, which I appreciate yes. as well. And, um, you know, and, and also, you know, photographed a lot of the musicians that were touring in your upstate, you're, you're up in the Northeast part of the country. Uh, you, you also photographed them there, which I think is amazing because everyone we're talking to on the show today is from up there in New York, New Hampshire, Maine, all of that area. Um, but I also want to tell people that a lot of the photos in this book are also, uh, have appeared and been featured in the New York Times Lens blog. And that's pretty, I mean, that's epic. And, you know, I, I think everyone that's on the show, I'm going to bring Johnny and, and Lisa on in a second, but we'll, all of us are just like you, your integrity to the musicians in the integrity also that you have for being a documentarian is incredible. Um, we really appreciate it. I do for sure. Just um, that you're allowing, uh, you know, these musicians to also have their own words and be who they are. It, it's something very special. And it's a treasure. Your book is a treasure for sure.
2: Well, thank you. Needs to
0: be in like schools. Like, honestly, I, I want this to be part of Black history. And I want to tell everyone, too. Which I didn't tell anyone. Um, because, like, honestly, I just decided we need to do this. I'm going to create a blues playlist of music to go with your book. I don't know if you have one, but I'm doing one on YouTube and Spotify. So that will also be linked in the show notes. And all three of you on the show today, if you want me to make sure, it'll be all musicians that are featured in uh, the book. Also, I'm going to have to put one of Johnny Mastro's in there, you know, because, you know, never trust the living, right, Johnny? Johnny's <laughs> here. <laughs> we've missed Johnny. Johnny's been on our show for years. In fact, he have been on how many covers of our magazines, even back in the day of when we were in print. Uh, we first met Johnny Mastro and the Mama's Boys out in Long Beach. Well, actually, it was Venice Beach, right? Venice we Beach, yeah. Beach. Yeah, Venice Beach, yeah. And we were all behaving. Nancy and I were behaving. <laughs> and stumbled on this amazing music and uh, went in there and fell in love with Johnny master and the mama's boys music and uh, Johnny and the band and his wife Lisa see so are just amazing people. And I encourage you to go to the website, JohnnyMastro.com. com. Johnny master and the mama's boys uh, perform out in new Orleans and we'll be on tour soon. And I believe a new album is in the works, right, Johnny?
3: Yeah, you got it. With, uh we're doing a collaboration this time. So. Yeah, a friend of ours, that uh, Ian Siegel from uh, the UK, and he came over to New Orleans and we did a, a week. And uh, hopefully I'll finish mixing it next week.
0: Sweet, sweet. And you've been doing yeah. some radio work, too, over the years, too. I get to tune in once in a while and hear you DJ.
3: It's cool. Yeah, I DJ at WWOZ uh, in New Orleans, 90.7 FM. I do a blues show, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It still blows my mind that I can get on of the air in the middle of the day, and and play the, the blue the music that I love, and a lot of these people that that are in Margot's book, actually.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you're going to give me some like pointers on this playlist, right?
3: Well, it's going to be hard, I tell you, because she's got uh, some of these guys are 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 a bit obscure, and and in, mm. in a way, you know, great musicians. But so it's going to be you know you're going to have to search out some of them. I think I don't know if Margot would agree with that.
1: Margot. Yeah, I actually a friend of mine who's a DJ up here, um, my friend Rick Roth, he's going to he was working on a playlist as well. Um, but you know, let me know if you have trouble um with you know, finding uh finding yeah. music for any of the any of these musicians. But um I, you know, I, I consider myself, like I said, very lucky to have met each and every one of the individuals photographed or um, interviewed in my book.
0: Oh man. I think we're all a little jealous. I am. I mean, pine top Perkins, you kick off with that too. And I'm like, dude, pine top Perkins. It's like been a hero of my life. Like I just have always his, his piano playing and just the way he just slows us all down that, that
1: you're going to sit down and listen. You can't. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Ooh. I mean, I you know, the, you know, I, unfortunately, I was in law school and and uh, working as a public defender in the 80s when a lot of uh, great blues musicians were coming through Boston and the New England area. But in the 90s, there were still, um, as you can see in the book, uh, lots of great musicians, lots of venues, um, happy to have the musicians Coming to the clubs, the first house of blues um, started in Cambridge, Massachusetts, um, Harper's Ferry, and Alston brought in musicians, particularly in February, um, from all over. And several several of the photographs in the book, um, including photographs of like Bo Diddley, um, Robert mm-hmm. Junior Lockwood, were taken at Harper's Ferry. Um, Johnny Dee's was a number wonderful venue where lots of the musicians um, came through. But so in the 90s, um, I started photographing 30 years ago, going into the clubs. Uh, I said I was a public defender. I never had time to do uh, anything else when I was a public defender. But then I started my own practice focused on um, juvenile court cases, representing parents and kids. Awesome. Um, abuse and neglect cases, so on and so forth. But anyway, Muddy Waters tribute band would come through, uh, came through on a number of occasions, and that's how I met like Willie and Calvin, and Luther Guitar Junior Johnson, Pine Top. Um, and as we know, we were very lucky that Pine Top kept playing through into his nineties, and I did see him at King Biscuit, you know, and, and uh-huh. last performances amazing it's amazing uh johnny as a blues musician
0: and a dj and someone i know that i i could you know he's been on our shows of all kinds of craziness too our our old school live shows like crazy right they were wild and they were wild and and we're you know it's still got that element somewhere you know but um you, I don't care what I ask you. Like we have this, like our, our one friend, Mike Guardi comes on in military history. I don't care what I ask him. He has this answer. Like he knows his history so much. And I think that you're one of those people of music. And I don't care if I'm asking you about Led Zeppelin or Fleetwood <laughs> Mac or something, you know, it's like Johnny knows his music going through Margot's book. What, what were your feelings as a, especially as a blues musician, I, do you share that feeling I have about the integrity that she, she put into this?
3: Yeah, I mean there's uh I've read a lot of books and uh, this one has a real honesty to it I think and I, I just it made me come up with some questions for Margo if that's all right but I was really blown away Margo with the both the pictures and the interviews. The interviews are very different than than you know usually there's this kind of cookie cutter questions for the musicians and you start seeing the same story over and over but with this one each person had like a somehow you got out of them Uh, like their, uh, their own story. And uh, especially with the racism thing, it it seems like they weren't afraid to talk about that. And I was curious if, if you had to uh, coax them uh, along the way, or did this just happen naturally?
1: Well, so the way I um, uh, worked on my stories for Living Blues, um, you know, these, because I live up north, you know, I would go to Mississippi. I would spend time in Mississippi several times a year, but it really required um, often years to complete a story. I decided from the very beginning that I only wanted to write the stories from with the musician's words, which also takes more time because I wanted to make sure... You know, I accurately recorded and wrote what they had to say. So um, relationships were built, you know, um, you know, our work on the stories, as I said, was over, would be over years. In some instances, you know, I had met the musicians and was dialoguing with them before I started interviewing them. Um, But we would, you know, I have to look at each interview, but my notes um you know so i met with each person many times i would come back i would record come home transcribe um go back down sit down we'd go over what i you know what i had written make corrections additions keep recording so this this would happen over a number of times and um i also was interested um, you know, like so again, I wasn't interested. I didn't want to do it. Like what's my take on somebody. I wanted them to tell me about their lives. And we would start with who were your parents, your grandparents, tell me about your childhood. Um, tell me about what was it like, you know, you know, whether it was a schooling, sharecropping and, you know, through those stories, um, yeah, people would share, uh, about segregation, discrimination, and in addition to talking about who they were listening to on the radio and when they were children and, you know, through their adult years. So Mm -hmm. um, I think that was how trust was built. And as I say, these were, these were relationships that I cherished and treasured. And also I, I say in the book, these, the people I interviewed were my teachers. I didn't come from Mississippi, so you know. Uh, and I also say, like, as a public defender, you learn to listen, mm. you learn to shape a story, you learn to advocate. And here, I, I, you know, I was like, I just thought I was the luckiest person in the world. Whoever I was sitting down with, and you know, visiting them at their home, I would stay over it with Sam Cars and. Uh, with Sam Carr and Doris, I stayed over with Elsie Elmer, and I would go when I stayed at Elsie Elmer's house. So I was so lucky. I would go to sleep as he would play whatever he felt like playing, you know, his guitar, um, his banjo, uh, whatever. We we just share, you know. It's like we shared our lives together. I might drive with, you know, drive with people. Looking over where they used to live, meeting old mm. friends or other people that contributed to their story, and I always remained um friends with um if a story was finished, I would keep going to their shows, keep visiting, and um yeah,
0: that's awesome that's awesome because you you obviously the listening part of it, but just also just relaxing into it and you know letting things unfold it's, it's special i i want to bring our our next guest on here lisa evans uh she's a travel writer photographer big blues fan <laughs> big blues fan i know because every time she's on big blend radio with us she's on our shows all the time normally talking about travel but if she can dodge off to anything blues she is uh she focuses a lot on coastal mississippi and wrote the book 100 things to do in coastal mississippi before you die her website is writerlisa.com and reedypress.com is where you can get her book. But Lisa, welcome back. How are you doing?
2: Good. How are you?
0: Oh, doing good. Doing good. Uh Going through and hearing these stories. And this is your backyard that Margot, you know, this is the backyard and your people that you're surrounded by. Um, You've got to have some appreciation for Margot's Deep Inside the Blues book.
2: Oh, absolutely! I mean, uh, first of all, the fo- the photographs are are stunning. I mean, I it you can look at a photograph and you it's like you feel everything that it's it, it's just they're just stunning. So, um, kudos to you on those. And you can really, like I said, picture a picture's worth a thousand words, and and yours are absolutely stunning. I honestly, I'm so glad that Lisa brought up about whether it's hard cover or something because I want one for my for my. Uh, Home and for my coffee table, <laughs> so it's, it, I, I I want I want one so everybody can look at it. But yes, I I am as Lisa said, I'm I'm big into the blues. I I actually st- I don't know stumbled upon it is is the right word, but again I'm you know born and raised in Central New York, and I've been on the coast now for I think it's up to I think it's i um, eleven years, and you know I I have always enjoyed all kinds of well most ninety percent of all the all French genres of music. There's a couple that I'm I'm not real into, but um for the most part. And and you know, my interest in blues just started, you know, once I got to coastal Mississippi and and going around, obviously um we have a hundred men Hall down there and that, you know, just seats the blues. And that's how I actually got started into it. And then the Mississippi Blues Trail, which somebody approached me to write an article about the Mississippi blues trail. So, okay. Naive me think, okay, yeah, this is easy. Yet, yeah, Wrong. <laughs> it's probably going to take me the rest of my life. Um, just to, you know, cause each, each marker has a story. And, and I, I, um, I was reading some of the, the people that you mentioned and I have so much homework to do. I mean, I recognize a lot of the names, but there's a lot that I don't. And I'm like, okay, well now I got to go research who they are. Um, but the trust, that these people feel for you and your work and, you know, the love that you have that you you put into this book, is that to me is very evident. I, I don't think these people would have told you their stories as deeply and as intimately as they did um, without that deep level of trust. I mean, trust is something that, especially, sadly, in Mississippi, um, you know, a lot of African Americans may not necessarily have. Um, it just is, it's the climate, it's, it's whatever. So the, you know, these people obviously had a great deal of trust in you. And, and I think it's just wonderful.
0: Oh, that's a good point that you bring up about maybe cause you're, you know, Margo, do you think that coming from out of state helped in that? And the fact that you did go to blues events in your area upstate, right? Or I should say yeah. up Northeast, however you want to say it, <laughs> obviously you've not spent that much time up there, but, you know, do you think it helped in a way because i found from Nancy and I traveling, like pretty much our whole lives nonstop, right? When you're the newcomer, people are curious in you, you're curious in them and there's this, you can bridge gaps quicker sometimes being from a new place and also maybe not being a permanent resident helps in a weird way. I don't know how to explain it, but it kind of helped me in, in my whole life. Like in school, I went to 16 schools and mm. Um, yeah, Johnny, remember I got put into, you know, Catholic nun school thing, you know, yeah. um, after getting kicked out. But anyway, that didn't last very long. But my knuckles feel it today. I swear to God, man, whatever they did to my knuckles, like, you know, nuns, stop <laughs> it. Uh, no, They nailed me. But there's something about being that you're not walking in with the baggage of the state.
1: I, I mean, I guess I can only speak to my experience. I mean, when I, I, you know, after listening to the music up north and meeting some of the musicians, talking to them, it was clear, you know, I didn't, it wasn't well thought out, but it was just like, I need to go to Mississippi. Um, You know, what are the, what are the stories behind the music? And, you know, I just, I just went and I started going in 1997, you know, so it's been 26 years. I didn't the only person I knew in Mississippi was Calvin Fuzz Jones. Um, and you know, when I flew in, I visited Calvin and his mother happened to be there, so that was beautiful. But, you know, I um I I just went uh I've, I've always traveled by myself. Um, you know, I think I would share my feelings and enthusiasm with whoever are in interest whoever i met from day 1 it's like um and walking you know i the first the first night i was there i went to the small festival at west point um you know it's 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 establishing you know it's how you communicate with people and as i said i'd had 6 years as a public defender and i've been working as a lawyer i've only basically done court appointed work, you learn, you know, you, you know, um it's um it's important to do the best job that you can to be an effective communicator and listener. So anyway, um I had uh, spoken with Dr. Joe Stevens before I went down and the next day he took me to Annie Egerson's home you know, Honey Boy was playing Mm. and um, the editor from Living Blues, David Evans, drew me a map and said, you know, I asked, where should I go tomorrow? And it turned out to be the Other Turner picnic. I didn't know anybody there. And it was um, his daughter, uh, Bernice, you know, greeted me. There wasn't, uh, there weren't a lot of people and you know you just you just let people know how grateful you are to be there and show enthusiasm dance clean up whatever's necessary and i just i started going to authors every year and you know it, i would um, bernice's kids were young i would visit when i was down in mississippi bring pizza you know we'd have pizza with the kids and her and I would go to the picnic and, and, you know, I would stay and clean up if they needed help behind the booth. I would sell things. You know, you just you just become a part of people's lives. Like Sam and Doris mm-hmm. you know, wanted me to stay over. You just, you know, you're just happy to happy. I mean, Jesus, people, I, it was a, it's been a very, very beautiful experience in every way.
0: What about the spirituality and the religious side of it, because you know to me when I listen to the blues, there's like it just you know there's gospel blues right and gospel music, and at the same time it just is like i i I don't know the blues to me is as close as you can get to God or whoever or whatever God I, is, I, to anybody
2: I, I, I agree with that i mean yeah. it's it's like true it's it's like you're raw it's just
0: it it's is it's life. it yeah it it, it is. It, it can be sexual. It can be spiritual. It can be all of it. You can have both at the same time if you want. You know, it's <laughs> Johnny. I know you've written some of those, but isn't it? You know, with that in your book, you show that absolute. Um, you know, ah, how do I say this in in when it comes to music, like when you see like an audience let go and you had some pictures in there where you could see people just let go and be themselves and not care. And I think that's the in, when to be able to capture that beyond the, in, the intimate conversations and, and portraiture that you did with the musicians, but for the audience to just not care and be that. And I think that's what juke joints were about, man. There was just like, it is get down, get, you know, you're going home in in some way and there it just you did that so well too because it it's a little bit of everything but there's a spiritualism in there and there's a freedom in some of the pictures that you did there or just that made me made me feel at home in where how I was raised in Africa and and part of it was in the bush with dance like true tribal stuff like I lived with two different tribes as a kid. And so that was part of our lives, is, you know, like I got always laughing, you know, just even that I was raised to t- and taught to stick my butt out. I know this sounds really weird, <laughs> but it's not. I was, you know, and to this day, my, my posture is a little off, but if, you know, for a white girl and over there, it's like you stick it out and you get down. And I learned that from a very young age. And when I was going through your book, I, you brought me home to my childhood of that as a little white kid in the bush in Africa. It's just like, there's this freedom that sometimes I think we forget to have. Um, and and it's wild when you think about, you know, slavery and, you know, racism and everything that our you know, our black people here in this country have gone through, but you show that.
1: I can, again, you know, I, I. Um, uh, photographed and wrote uh, for what I experienced and what people shared with me and in my experience and you know some of the of course I have a lot more photographs that are in the book but you know there was a joy there was a Mm. joy in listening to there was a joy from the musicians and playing the music yeah yeah joy in singing a joy you know with the audience dancing and um You know, so with my photograph, I would, you know, I would say to myself, you know, I'm dancing with my camera, I'm dancing with the people. Ah. I would dance at times, (laughs) holding a camera in one hand, and and just dancing. And you know, you just get, you have to to be close to people. And and, you know, if you're making contact, you're smiling. And again, I'd been, I, I, you know, these relationships were over years. You know, some people knew me. and uh yeah, just get just get close, be part of it, Um, so that you're one with what's what what's going on.
0: We call it having the wiggy butt. <laughs> Got to have the wiggy butt, right, Johnny? Come on, you know that. You know what I mean about the wiggy butt, right? No, because I no, I don't. I oh, come on. <laughs> I have no
3: idea what you're talking about. I know.
0: come on. Like, Out in listen. the bush,
3: what? What? I don't know look, what look. you're talking you, about. You, I can on. guess. That,
0: what, I know. No, listen, the wiggy butt. You know now. There's always a squat dance at the end of the night. You know, someone's doing the squat dance at the end of the night of the gig, right? You know it. It's coming. But um, <laughs> squat dance and wiggy butt. Listen, oh, it, it's about your tail feathers. You got to shake it. <sighs> it's important. Everybody needs to. And if you don't shake your tail feathers, you know,
3: well, you, one, you're it was inter- Dead. One of the. One Save of the interviews. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just going to say it was interesting because I haven't heard this big but I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was, uh, Willie Big Eyes, but they were talking, uh, when they, uh, Margo was interviewing, they said that the blues music was freedom. It was an expression of freedom. And I hadn't really thought about it like that too much. And the other oh, thing that sticks through is, um, the close uh, relationship with the church, of course, you know, so it's, it's, it's interesting to hear these guys. Almost everybody, I didn't get through the whole book yet but most of the interviews i read they'll they'll talk about the church and uh that goes way back you know when guys would go like you know a sunhouse or or uh, charlie patton they would go back and forth between preaching and playing the blues and it's very much alive with these stories um that she got so but i had a question for Margot, if it's okay um yep. out of all these interviews and and pictures do, do one or two of them stand out more than the others
1: i am you know i loved everybody that's you know uh, yeah
3: it's like children probably you can't pick a favorite maybe (laughs)
1: um you know i you know yeah i mean i again each person was was special to me and uh and i try to really you know um you know uh The the pictures, I wanted the pictures to be strong for each person and, you know, so that the reader who, you know, may not know, you know, these musicians could get a feel whether, you know, as you can see through the book, there might be a picture of somebody performing. But then there may be, you know, there's offstage pictures right so that you could, you know you know have some sense and in some of my pictures like um i was luther guitar jr johnson was my friend um you know that's there's like a 20 year you know period of, right. of photographs i tried to i i that was important um with many of those uh, you know Fred, robert bilbo walker eddie kusick um so many of the musicians um you know um yeah so no i i each each story each person was special and um i'm grateful for every experience i had i was gonna say
0: like lisa evans lisa i think you and i share this and and maybe not with johnny but the two of us are going we found out a bunch of blues musicians we had no clue about and it was that part. absolutely i mean it's that was part of it to me i'm like Oh man, see, this is a rabbit hole book and you can't finish over a night, right? Everyone, so when you get it, it's like three it's like a page a day book. And the fact is you pick up, read the beginning, get an understanding, and then there's different regions and everything, how the book is divided, but I mean it it just it this is one of those things that you could just have a story a night kind of thing with this book. Um, and I'm with Lisa. Have the I want the hardcover too, but it's hard mm-hmm. in a car, but other people can do it. Um, I I love it, but Lisa, you mentioned like there's musicians in there, none of us know about, probably. Um, and I think sometimes with the blues, and Johnny, I'm sure you've run into this too, that it's you know, you know there's always BB King, right? And you got B.B. King, you got Buddy Guy, my my dude, I love my buddy guy. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I when in the beginning of the book you had Buddy Guy in there, I'm like. Dude, I was just talking about him for polka dot day. Mm -hmm. Listen, he did that (laughs) for his mom. He wanted a, a Cadillac that had polka dots and drive it up for his mom. Right. You know, this history of buddy guy to me is just honest. Honest, to God, like I know Muddy Waters is big for you, Johnny, but Buddy Guy's my dude. Seriously,
3: it was not wrong with Buddy Guy. Yeah. Buddy Guy,
0: and didn't got... he
2: just didn't he just celebrate a birthday like well yeah. into his eighties or something? Yeah, I yeah. mean, he's and he's still playing and he still sounds just as good. I mean, it's it's awesome, but he yeah, there's badass. there's definitely there is definitely a lot of people that I'm going to have to, you know, now that it's like, especially the ones in Mississippi, obviously that, that holds a little bit, you know, um, closer to my heart now that I've, I've kind of delved into this, but definitely some that I'm going to have to, you know, look up and, and look into further, you know, when I head up into the Delta and up into Clarksdale and my next time around. So,
0: yeah, exactly. That's the thing. And, by the way, Louisiana uh, just did a new plaque for uh, like a, a historic sign marker for Buddy Guy because he's from there. Everyone's important and everybody needs to listen to Sweet Tea for the rest of the day. But anyway, <laughs> um,
1: sorry, I was lucky to see Bobby Rush two uh, nights oh. recently. So we're talking about so you want to celebrate. Um, a blues musician who's, uh, or as Bobby says, an entertainer who's still performing today. Um, mm-hmm. Bobby's on the road as we speak. I know he's got a couple of gigs at the Lincoln Center in New York with Shamika Copeland, but I saw him at uh, Jimmy's in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and then the next night at Bull Run in Shirley, Massachusetts. And he was mm. fabulous. He was on his feet. Singing, dancing, talking, playing the harmonica for a straight hour and a half.
2: Um, yeah, you,
1: you so mentioned right? Shamika Cope Go
2: ahead. You mentioned Shemeika Copeland. I love her show on um, Sirius. She's got her when she, you know, she has a she's a DJ on Sirius, and she actually was at Ground Zero in Biloxi. Oh, I don't know, several months ago, and that was a great show.
0: Mm. Yep. I, I saw her in Colorado, in Greeley, Colorado, up in cattle country at a blues, they have this blues festival that is insane with the Larkin Poe. Um, there was a watermelon slim, I think was there. Mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. Sip, Mr. Oh, uh, Mr. Mr. Sip. Sip. Yep. Mr. Sip was there. It was incredible show. And it was amazing because you could see one stage. And when the performers were done, you just turn your chair around, which who was sitting anyway? It's so stupid to sit. Um, and but then you see the next band. It was crazy. But she she was the headliner for the show, and your yeah. your photo of her was like this. She was still like a little bit of that innocent look, but not. Well, in, she was young. I mean, young <laughs> that young was girl. In
1: the 90s. Her father was sick. Her father was supposed to play that night at the House of Blues, and he wasn't feeling well. And that's Shamika took to the stage. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I was you. lucky enough to see Johnny Copeland, um, you know, in uh, New England a couple of times. So, um wow. she was with him at that at that stage um, of life. Hmm. Johnny,
0: right. I know you got more in, up your sleeve here. I don't want to cross over on that because yeah. I know you, no, got, you got questions.
3: Well, don't feel bad about the names. Like, there's several. I'm looking through them now, and I'm I can't wait to read it because I don't know who they are. And, uh, oh, and Marco really? does. There's a lot of obscure. Yeah, it's it's deep, Mickey, man. Mickey this is
1: Rogers is still alive today. Um, you know, he lives down in the Greenville area, and uh-huh. sometimes he's he told me he's still um, Club Ebony, as you may have read in the New York Times or elsewhere. Right. Um, is back, and he sometimes uh, um plays there. I mean, there's still some great older musicians who are around. Uh, last is year, Willie
3: King still around? Who? Willie King?
1: No, he died.
3: He, he, he passed. He died
1: yeah. uh, too many years ago, sadly. But um, Cadillac John Nolden, who I write about, uh, is 96, and he Whoa. played at Juke G- huh. last year uh, with Bill Abel. I mean, that was it was. Beautiful. He plays the harp and 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 sings, and he's right. you know to circle back to the earlier one of our the points of the conversation. I mean, he grew up in the church to you know sang in the church, and he sang with his brothers. So he had a gospel group, and then with the the brothers, and when they would go to the radio station, it's in the it's in the story deep inside the blues. His story. They would see BB King also down there. And then with one of his brothers, he and his brother would play in the streets of Sunflower. And there were times when they would see B.B. King there also doing the the same thing. Um, Yeah, Cadillac played a few gigs uh, last year. Uh, You can find, uh, you know, uh, there are fortunately a few people, uh, older people carrying on. And what's also cool is some of the um, at like Shamika second and third generations carrying on the music. So right. uh, Willie, you know, Willie, um, uh, big Eye Smith died, but Kenny Smith, you know, mm. is, uh is a well-known drummer and he performs every year at King Biscuit in, in Helena. You've got Cedric Burnside, uh, grandson of RL Burnside and, um, uh, uh dwayne Burnside and gary burnside r l sons you know who are you know you can find playing around Mississippi i mean of course Cedric is playing around the world and across the country uh charday thomas other's granddaughter charday has uh been recording she's also um uh she last year played in Africa played in europe um carrying on that fife and drum tradition. So mm-hmm. it's beautiful to witness. Again, some of these uh, Trent Ayers, uh um uh, uh son of Joe Ayres, and uh, Joe's alive and Trent um recently recorded he and his dad playing. So uh, it's 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 really lovely to witness um you know the generations who are carrying on and you can also find people like Anthony Sherrod in Clarksdale who, you know, grew up at, the, you know, to, learned at the Delta blues museum and played with um, a number of the musicians who passed, but learned from them. Mm-hmm. So, um,
0: I, I love that it, the torch is being carried on. It's kind of like B.B. King's daughter. We had her, one of them on and I think it was Shirley we had on and, you know, like Sam Cooke star. I know she, he's not blues, but like certain ones, the key hookers on our show all the time. And it's like to hear them do something, but it's always got to have, it, it's cool because they bring in their own style too, you know? right? And, yeah. and it's important to recognize that, that, you know, everyone is different and, and to let them have that space, you know, like, you mm-hmm. know, Lucas Nelson from Willie Nelson, like his, his, he's not his dad. Yeah, it's got a kind of that voice, you know, and, but they're their own people. And I think us as listeners have to look at the kids coming in and let them go. Yeah. Thank you for carrying the torch of, of, you know, your, your family, but let them be themselves. What do you think as an artist, Johnny, on that? Because they've got to be able to be them, their own musicians.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it starts out with what you feel about what you're doing with music. It, and for me, it's always been about uh, just taking this music that I love, but not trying to do it uh, like, like they do it, you know? So yeah. uh, I think it's important. And and, and to me, the, all the great blues artists, they all have their own individual style. Like I'm just looking at this picture of T model Ford right now with this kid, this, this picture is unbelievable. And uh, T model just had this uh, certain style uh, that he sounds like himself. Same with Sedell Davis. You know, he he had his own thing. So for me, that's the real art in music is taking your personality and your own story and putting it out there in twelve bars or or whatever it is. So I feel the same way. I, I the other guy I was thinking about when you you were talking was uh, Hank Williams uh, number three. Yeah, uh, oh, his I grandson like kind of sounds like uh, <laughs> Hank Williams just a little bit. His no, music's totally different. Good. Mississippi
0: Mud, come on.
3: There you go. You got Muddy Waters. And and he he
0: trashed everybody in the music industry that was screwing things up in Nashville and Texas. Like, he just was like, (laughs) you're screwing it up. No, but it's true. Like, sorry.
3: It's true. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just, I agree with you. So I think that's important to bring your own thing to it. And that's what all the great blues artists do. They seem to have their own style.
0: Well, I just kept it Mississippi Mud. You got to bring it in there. Um, The other thing, too, you also go into some of the history Um, you've got that famous bridge there in your book and get into the history of Emmett Till. And I want to say thank you to our National Park Service has now actually recognized that history. And we have a National Park Historic Site through the National Park Service now um, to recognize the history of Emmett. And you went and went a little bit further into the roots so people would understand with that. Uh, Margot, do you want to tell us a little bit about photographing that bridge? Because the bridge, even the way you've done it, where it's,
1: it's got a cold vibe to it. Well, I, you know, there's uh, now you'll have to at least, uh, because I I can't off the top of my head, but there's a center. There's, um, they have plaques up i know that i've seen pictures where one of them was had bullet holes in it and maybe that was at bryant's the um a marker at at bryant's but there are um in that area there's yes yeah no here it is there's there's a and maybe
0: till Till mobley um this is in there's two sites there's uh uh, there's like a two sites under the National Park Service. Uh, There's a national monument in Illinois and in Mississippi. Um, So he he had traveled to Money, Mississippi to visit relatives, and that's Mm -hmm. when he was kidnapped, tortured, and murdered. And I'm reading this right off NPS site. Uh, If everybody goes to nps.gov forward slash T-I-L-L, you'll be able to see it. Um, But these are, I mean, this is pretty recent. In fact, we were part of shows to help, make this happen because it's so important. Um. In my book, Lisa,
1: um, Willie Big Eye Smith talks about walking by Emmett Till's coffin and, you know, oh. the open face coffin in Chicago and the impact that that had on him and other people in Chicago. Mickey Rogers um knew Emmett till uh, because they were both um with family in Chicago and they both went down to Mississippi to visit family, you know, that was still that remained in Mississippi. And Mickey talks about when um the you know after Emmett's um killing and death his family sent him right back to Chicago.
0: Yeah. Mm. Well, several. So that, of the, that's, that's I, I remember definitely a
2: stain. Um. Go ahead, Lisa. Oh uh, there's that's definitely a stain on Mississippi, as far as you know, and and to this day, it was just recently that that it was still in the news, you know, when you know mm-hmm. it, it just it's just awful. <laughs> like there, like he no says, for it.
0: Mississippi, goddamn. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. You know, I still. Uh, then don't that'll that's a whole other rabbit hole go ahead johnny yeah
2: Sorry. you're right there you're absolutely correct yeah. there
3: well i was going to say that i think i remember reading several of them maybe it was billy boy owner somebody else also mentioned uh him and mm-hmm. i'm trying to think it, it was two or three uh people said that they had in chicago that they made a point of going to the uh to the funeral or to the uh you know the wake and how yeah. much a, of an effect it had on them and the anger that it brought up
1: yeah that was um that was willie big eyes smith
3: willie big eyes okay Yep.
1: yeah
0: and and that and that's the thing about what's so interesting about the blues like blues there's a, there's like a spirituality there's the sex part there's the the freedom part right and then there's there is blues that has that little bit of like you know like there is the mississippi goddamn you know Venus simone kind mm-hmm. of thing where i think it has every emotion in the blues, you know. Do you feel that, Margot? As, as, you know, did you listen as you put this book together? Did you listen to music? Did you listen to everybody? Like, as you were putting this? I, I wish
1: I, I could have uh, spent more time listening to music once I was home. But, you know, when I'm in Mississippi, I try to, you know, catch as much music as I can. And, you know, sometimes people would play when I visited, Um, but there's another aspect too of the music, which a number of musicians talk about, um, you know, how singing in the fields was a way to take their mind off the work, the drudgery of going up and down the row, whether you were plowing or picking cotton and, you know, that uh, you would, uh, they themselves might sing, um, mm-hmm. Or you hear other people sing, and it could be, you know, Joe Ayers talks about, you know, women, sing, you know, a group of women might be singing, and how, how it helped just get through the day, in mm-hmm. addition to, you know, the other things that we're, we're um, talking about. But that was another aspect of um, the music that was very important and key to just living Mm, it is and i think
0: it goes with a heartbeat too man music goes with a heartbeat and so it's like you're keeping you 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 keep moving forward with music you know music does it it just has that no matter what i don't you know it's like you could be having the worst day in your life put some music on and you'll go okay i can keep going i can keep going Mm -hmm. it's like this extra heartbeat i don't know how to explain it other than that it's it's like you're it's like it is. Music is a savior, man. It is. It is, everything. <laughs> I think, I it think is.
1: that's where people talk about the healing power of music, um, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, for each person that that may be. And I'm sure we you've all seen it where and I have um, some of the older musicians that I knew, how important it was and is to them to continue to get on stage and play and that you know pres- pro- provide such joy in when they're in failing health or whatever um in so throughout the life the music is um is uh, brings as i said solace joy happiness or helps you with uh, get through <laughs> The blues that you may be experiencing in the hard times. Losing. Oh, and the breakups. Let's talk about
0: the breakups. It's February. It's Valentine's Day month. <laughs> Let's talk about breakups. Like I lost my woman. <laughs> lost my man. You know. So so uh in closing here, I know Johnny, do you have you had more questions? Uh, I know we're I know we're going oh, over time here. I know yeah. Lisa Lisa, you good? Lisa, tell me if you have to go. I'm I know you're I'm I'm
2: good. I I've just totally uh, enjoyed listening listening to this and and like i said now i have to find time to do more homework
0: (laughs) i know i love this because she's gonna do i know we're gonna have to have her back on and we're gonna have to do follow up follow-ups on this i don't know lisa i think we're gonna have to pick you up when we go through louisiana (laughs) and get into mississippi we're gonna have to take yeah margo's book and then i'm gonna yeah you know but this is the thing oh wait wait johnny can i step in quickly because we talk about the travel part what about the juke joints are we losing them? Because we were There's in that. Too many Louisiana. left. They're going. And yeah. our friend Arlene, you know, she, she saw like, you know, um, oh, why is his name escaping me? Blueberry Hill. Uh, I found my thrill on Blueberry Hill. Uh, oh,
2: yes. Uh, um, ah, come on. Yeah. Y'all know exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's he played. You mean Fats Domino. Domino. Thank you. Yeah. And he used to play in these yeah. two joints and, and the, all through Natchitoches and down. I mean, I know you, Johnny I know New Orleans it's big Got all that music and Baton Rouge And Louisiana it's got it's huge Culture too you know on this But like these juke joints I think it's important that you you have Some of those in the book and feature them Because they are literally Falling down to shreds Like there's nothing left And so I, I want people to understand go See them and just stand there To know what happened and you can hear The music play it in your car play It on your phone do whatever you can but like recreate it, like go there. Like, it's just, I don't know how you can't play this music when you drive through the Mississippi and stuff. And yeah. Mississippi and Louisiana and Alabama and the South. Thank God you guys actually have real radio stations that actually play this stuff. Like I appreciate <laughs> it as travelers. But Margo, um, the the juke joints, tell me about that. Cause you, you went to some, right? And through this, and th- this is important that we, I feel like we should be,
1: saving them like national park units like really well that's what i mean it's tragic i mean i you know i i go back to poor monkeys which you know has been photographed by many photographers i've seen it you know pictures in the new york times and you know it's falling down and nothing is at the moment you know there's a a blues trail marker but right nothing's being done to preserve it um but also as i've you know gone um back to the places where some of these musicians grew up you know all the all that history has been erased torn yeah. down mm-hmm. where people lived the churches i mean there's still you know you can find some old churches but many have been um you know are are, are just gone so there's no marker for where what happened? Where? No, um, you know what did it look like? I just went back with uh, Mickey Rogers when I was down in October to a couple of places that are in the book and um, Cotton House and and um, you know the house, the the replica of you know where where he had lived. Uh, those were all gone. Yeah. Damn it! it I went this through some of that thing. with.
0: In, in Natchitoches, Louisiana, that's kind of got me spurred up, like, you know I, like we document graveyards, I know that sounds weird, but I love graveyards, but I would rather, we also look at some of these places, like Natchitoches, Louisiana, you know, there's some of the juke dunks, and over the years, we've been there for over 10 years now, visiting that area, it's the oldest city in Louisiana, and you, when like, they're literally, like dying like they're decimating like they're just falling down and going down and then you get to the elvin mr elvin elvin shields took us around and he comes from a sharecropper family and he saved his his sharecropper family house it which is now part of the national park service and if it wasn't for him standing up that would have been overlooked and he took us around yeah. to where he went to school when his church and i have all these photos like and i don't know i'm just documenting i don't know what to do with it all but like the, he's yeah. like, the, the, this, it's no one's in these schools, this school or, or this church, you know, and um, anyway, it, it, it's kind of crazy when you go like what you've done, Marco. And I, I want to say, Lisa, I think Lisa, you know, both of us as travel writer, people, photographers, we need to get our travel writing community to stop. Go off the beaten path a bit. You know, I know we have all these press trips right. and all that stuff. But I think Margot's book shows us it's not just going to like, Johnny, isn't this true? Going to the same big fancy club kind of deal. We need to go off the beaten path. As yeah. mm-hmm. on the tourism community. And and I'm not saying, I am always talk about responsible tourism. Responsible tourism is about understanding history and culture and nature be kind to all um, having a light footprint and we need to start looking at these places. So maybe we can save them. You know what I mean? Because if no one's looking at them and and I think this is the beauty of Margot's book and the beauty of your book, Lisa, as well, you know, the hundred things to do in coastal Mississippi before you die. I think we need to start as people who travel Get over the big fancy things, you know? It's like staying at bed and breakfast instead of the big fancy thing resort. You know what I mean? We need to change our perception of how we travel and how we do things. And maybe look at I, these I, places.
2: I love that you I mean this it's it's like you're reading I'm I'm actually in New York City because we had a big writer's conference this week. And I met with a, you know, whole horde of destinations who, you know, they want you to, but the funny, I mean, the very, not funny, but the very, very interesting part that I find, especially during this conversation is there's always seems to be a buzzword each year when I come to these things and sustainability is it this year. There's actually three that I picked up on with everybody, sustainability, sustainability, um, basically and and the words literally were spoken probably a hundred times yesterday off the beaten path and the other thing that is the buzzword is indigenous cultures. So those are like the three things that that at this conference people were but I, I think you're right I think music music is a sub a subtitle, so to speak. And that's one of the reasons that I met with certain destinations is because of my interest in music, not just blues, all music. And I I love music history. So I have a number of places that that's kind of what I'm going to delve into. So it's, it's just really interesting that that's what I spent the week listening to. And here we are talking about it.
0: See, I know everything. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. But it's the (laughs) truth. But that's the truth, because it's like, I want to go before the graveyard, right? I want to go before that. And Margot, what you've done, I mean, you even had musicians stay in your house, right? Am I right? You had a room dedicated in your
1: house. Yeah, uh, Luther Guitar Jr. Johnson. um, I met Luther in the 90s, and it turned out (laughs) that uh, he was living in New Hampshire at the time, and his doctor's were outside the boston area so um i i my i practice law in new hampshire so i would i offered early on i was i wrote a story for blueswire before i wrote it for living blues and i said to him what's going on with your health would you like me to go to your doctor's appointments and that led mm. to a lifelong friendship and he would stay at my home you know i would bring him to and from appointments and then you know there were times when he stayed with me for days weeks and even months yep
0: mm. johnny That's any awesome. more questions on your side
3: no i just i want to thank uh, margo for doing this book and uh doing it so well
1: i know well, thank you and one other comment for the audience so in and, and and to respond to what lisa evans was just saying or lisa smith too i mean you you know so one of the pleasures of mississippi Uh, You know that I experienced, and you know again things are changing, but that there are still small festivals Mm. where you can get up and personal, you know, up and you know, you know, up close to hearing the music. There, in in some instances, at the smaller festivals, where you'll have a chance to talk to the musicians, meet people from the community you know, you find the little restaurants. um, And Mm. that's one of, to me, that was one of the, you know, been one of the wonderful experiences in Mississippi of, um, of, of doing exactly that. I mean, it was in um, my first time, I was in Greenville at the bait shop, which is, you know, where they had music and um, I didn't know anybody. And behind me, Eddie Cusick and his wife were seated. And Eddie, I can't remember if it was Eddie or his wife came up to me and invited me to sit with them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was the start of a friendship. um, You know, again, until uh, through the time of Eddie's death where I would constantly visit them or, you know, the uh, you know, wherever he was performing when I was down, I would, I would go there. It's, um, so this is a very, uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing, a wonderful ex- you know experience that is there for people to um, also, they can also experience the same thing that I did. I, mm-hmm. I really appreciate what you say about going
0: to like places and, and restaurants and things and mom and pop places, especially in the South. Yeah. Go to yeah. mom and pop places, you know, travelers, seriously just to stop it <laughs> like it's it's like you know the mom and pop places are where the real things are. and the food is good
1: right johnny you know yeah. it is right you know yeah, the, the small places good. are
3: always the best
1: yeah mm-hmm. and yeah, it's and like you can talk to people i mean it's an opportunity yeah. to talk to yeah. people from the you know from the area yeah it it, it it's just like um and it's important to support these, the, the, you know, the people who are running these, uh, their own luncheonette or restaurants. Absolutely. You know, when we got to this country in 97, back when you started
0: your your blues journey, Margo, we moved to Florida from South Africa. And um, I, I went to some bar out and uh, it was after a hurricane, 97, 98. And it was out in Destin Beach I think we were out in the Panama like the panhandle of Florida and James Peterson was playing Uh Lucky Peterson's his his son right and he tried to get me up on stage to sing because I was singing (laughs) along with it I was loving everything and and I chickened out (laughs) and I'm like I didn't know who I'd met I didn't know anything you know and then later I was like you know, my boss at the time, because I was teaching people how to play the organ and musical, musical and ins- organs, <laughs> instruments.
1: And, um, <laughs>
0: my boss at the time gave me an album. He's like, you got to listen to James Peterson and Lucky Peterson. And I was mm. like, holy crap, this stuff is good. And, um, that's who I met. And I didn't know. I had no clue. And, you know, we, Sam and Dave, the one that's alive, we saw in Florida, like our, our, First week into this country, we saw him play. I was like, "What is going on?" You know, <laughs> it 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 just it, go to the smaller places, the mom and pop places. That if that's where the blues is happening, the local bands, go see the local bands and support them. I mean, it's I, whether it's blues or not, it is about that. And and for small mom and pop businesses to host musicians is a big deal, and. It's costly for everybody. So be part of it. Be part of it with, you know, the world of, you know, I feel like we're in an MTV culture again in a weird way. <laughs> you know what I mean, Johnny? Don't you feel like that sometimes? And we need to get down and get into the places in the small towns because you'll find music that you wouldn't, it, it, it just would blow your mind. So everyone, uh, Margot Cooper, keep up with her at margocooper.com It's M-A-R-G-O cooper.com johnny mastro is johnny mastro.com lisa evans is writer lisa.com all the links are in the show notes i want to thank each of you for joining us on the show today it's been extra special i know we went over time but how could we not before you go in closing each person we're going to put on a concert but we're going to have a dinner first right (laughs) we're going to have a dinner first who do you want to invite to dinner (laughs) who are you inviting for dinner right with a concert, we're all going to just have a jam session, which is always the best, right? A blues jam. So, Margot, who do you want to invite for dinner and for the blues jam? Alive or I past? Mean, oh,
1: oh my God, all the people who are in the heavens now, I want, I call out to them Luther, come on down. Other, come on down. Sam, come on down. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Well, if you guys Smith, come on down. Buzz, I mean, you know, I want them all. I sometimes do. I'm at home and I go, come on, Luther, come on. I want to hear you. And,
0: <laughs> and Luther is such a good name, man. So everyone, Deep Inside the Blues, Photographs and Interviews, that's the book and uh, she's calling everybody down to work and that's mm-hmm. a big we're gonna have a big ass party, man. That's yeah, not just there a, you go. That's a that's a party. That is gonna have some wiggy button squat dancing. That's coming. That's gonna have to happen. Johnny, who are you inviting <laughs> to the party? I can uh, almost guess.
3: Well, <laughs> this is so hard, but I I don't know. I have to say somebody like Charlie Patton probably, just because there's so little known about him. And and Hound Dog Taylor would be my. He's my oh, favorite. So no, that would no be that waters? would be something. Well, well Muddy too, would. but. The the thing is, we're kind of spoiled now with Muddy, There's video, and there's a lot of records mm-hmm. and things. But uh, with like Charlie the Rolling Pattinson.
0: Stones, like mess it up,
3: right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but but with some of the older, there's hardly any. In Elmore James too, there's no video of him. You know, it would be oh. really really something to see him. You know. Ah. So those yeah. are mine. I get.
0: I want to bring Terry Evans in. I don't know if you guys knew him, but he used to play with Ry Cooder. And he passed away right as I yeah. was in a conversation of getting an interview, and I'm pissed because uh, I delayed. I delayed. Don't delay. Yeah. Do not delay. Right, Margo? Do not delay the interview. Uh, no, no, when- no. Yeah,
1: I mean that's the thing. I mean it would be a. Uh, it was heartbreaking to me. The number of I, you know, I wanted to cover as many people as I could. And, Sometimes I would think to myself, this is chasing the blues. Paul Wine Jones, I you know, I said to him, Okay, when I then my next trip I'm gonna interview you. You know, he died before I could do the interview. It's very you know, especially if you're not living in the place where you're you know, you're trying to um interview people, it's very hard. But yeah, there's no time to be lost. Um and everybody, you know, everybody has a story to share. So um, yeah, yeah, Don't start, yeah. start yesterday.
0: <laughs> yeah, get going, Lisa. Who who do you who are you bringing to dinner in the jam? I mean, party. Oh
2: goodness. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you happy and and go with uh Bobby Rush and Buddy Guy. Buddy Guy's um, got to be in see. there,
0: dude. Come on. He Sweetie, has to. I'm and not, then I'm of course, be, if explain if, that now.
2: If we're bringing if we're bringing people back to the living. I have to say and and Lisa, you and I've had this discussion. I want Elvis back when he started with the gospel and the soul and and you know the mm. the you know how he started, and then there's a, a local guy that I really like well local not not local local, but his name is Lucius Spiller, and he's a blues guy. I've seen him several times, and he's just he's just very good, I enjoy him.
0: And we got to have Johnny there because Johnny, like
2: Johnny well, Master of course. the Mama's, well, he's, he's, listen. He, well, he's bringing and, his own. He's bringing his crew. <laughs> and
0: and the the best song ever, Indrid Cole. I've played this song, like, seriously, when I have to drive through stuff, I'm watching my language. Like, you put that song on, you can go through any, and if you can <laughs> go through Wisconsin, you never know. At night, you never know what's going to get you.
3: Yeah, it's Just like saying, a novelty song.
0: Oh, God, I love that song. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah. 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 I'm serious. But everybody uh, at dot writerlisa.com. And again, the book is Deep Inside the Blues, Photographs and Interviews by Margot Cooper. Go get it now. Thank you all for joining us. And man, let's all have a party.
3: All right. <laughs> all,
0: right. all right. Thanks everybody. Right. Have a great day.
3: Yeah, you Thank too. You. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
0: Bye-bye. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to Big Blend Radio. Keep up with our shows at bigblendradio.com.